He was the face of the New York Yankees and the most admired player in baseball. The captain tells the story of Derek Jeter's life and Hall of Fame career. Catch the final episode on Thursday, August 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and stream all 11 episodes on ESPN+. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Soup with Coop. Cooper Manning invites players and coaches from across sports to share stories and laughs while enjoying a bowl of his guest's favorite soup. When the soup's finished, the conversation ends. That's Soup with Coop. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another edition of the Adam Schefter podcast. We are in the month of August, which means that people are in the throes of their preparation for their fantasy football drafts. And throughout this month, we will bring to you a number of guests to try to give you a little bit of an edge in your fantasy football draft. And we will start today with ESPN's new fantasy football analyst, Daniel Dopp, who's got quite a connection himself to this particular podcast. Dopp and I will break down players you should and shouldn't be targeting in your upcoming fantasy football draft. And we should have lots more analysis and insight on fantasy football throughout the rest of this month as everybody gets ready for their upcoming draft. And we are coming off a week in the National Football League that really was like mid-season peak form. It didn't stop. On Sunday night, Debo Samuel ends his hold-in with the 49ers reaching agreement on a new three-year contract. That was Sunday night. On Monday, Judge Sue L. Robinson hands down a six-game suspension to Brown's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, for his sexual harassment and misconduct, in which she said that the NFL proved that he engaged in sexual assault. He posed a threat and danger to the woman that he was around, and he compromised the integrity of the National Football League. Now, that was on Monday. On Tuesday, the National Football League basically suspends Dolphins owner Steve Ross takes away first and third round draft picks, fines him a million and a half dollars for tampering and tanking. That was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the NFL announces that it's going to appeal the Deshaun Watson decision because, as I've been told, Roger Goodell is as determined and hell-bent to get what he wants on this issue with Deshaun Watson as he has been on any issue in a long time. And the NFL wound up appointing Peter Harvey to basically make the final decision, as is assigned in the collective bargain agreement, with his decision on how long Deshaun Watson being permanent and binding. Now, I did get a text later in the week on Thursday, about 7.15, that said from somebody on the other side, the non-NFL side, make sure you point out that Harvey is not neutral. He's there for Goodell. Be very clear on that. I know you can't use the names that I'm using here, but make sure people know this is not a neutral or independent person. It is someone Goodell picked who he at best strongly believes and at worst knows he will do exactly what Goodell wants. And what Goodell wants, Deshaun Watson banished from football for this season. He does not want to see Deshaun Watson on the football field. And I think of all the outcomes that we're talking about right now, 
the most likely outcome is that Deshaun Watson will not play football in the 2022 season. Now, there are other ways this can go. There's a lot that will be decided and settled, but that is the most likely outcome that we will not see Deshaun Watson at all in the 2022 season, certainly if Roger Goodell and the National Football League have their way. They have argued that Watson should be off the field. And I think in a way, the league, to its credit, has recognized the serious nature of this issue. And I think that in the past, the league has not gotten always discipline on these affairs correct. And I think right now, the league is trying to make up for it and to take a strong stand against sexual assault and to say that there is no place for it in the National Football League. Look, the point is the league is out to make a point here. And the league is determined to make sure that it gets what it wants, that Goodell gets what he wants. And that's why it'll be a surprise right now if we see Deshaun Watson on the football field this season. There also is other quarterback news, obviously not nearly as significant, but in a football sense, there are questions and issues. And that is, I think right now, surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, when his contract, $24.2 million, becomes fully guaranteed on August 30th. So the 49ers basically have three weeks from right now, the time that we take this, to move Jimmy Garoppolo. You wonder if the Cleveland Browns would be interested if and when Deshaun Watson is suspended indefinitely and whether Garoppolo would be a fit in Cleveland. But San Francisco is going to be moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. The question is when, where, and how. And so we will wait to see how that unfolds here in the coming days. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And from reality back to fantasy, which means it's time to start sizing up the players you want to take and the players you want to avoid in your upcoming fantasy football drafts. And for that, we bring in ESPN's fantasy football analyst, my friend, my colleague, the great Daniel Dopp. Daniel, do you realize that this is unprecedented? This is legendary right now. You know that, right? 
I, I, it sort of feels that way, but it's also feels pretty surreal for me at the same time. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Well, the fact that maybe I used to produce your podcast. <laughs> you are the first person in the history of this podcast to be a producer from the podcast to then appear as a guest on the podcast. How does that's that little pretty, bit of history make it feel? That's pretty great, Adam. I'm not going to lie. Are you like, Listen, I know there has been an unbelievable amount of guests that have come through this show. It's a, this, I listen to your podcast every week. And so just to be able to come back on the other side of the glass as somebody that I can be on here and chat with you, is, it's pretty unreal if you're asking me. So what is your exact title right now? You are the fantasy analyst for ESPN. What is the exact title, Daniel? Yeah, so I took over as the co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast with Field Yates, uh, Mike Clay, and Stefania Bell. So I'm now full-time there rather than as a producer. I'm going to be working as a fantasy analyst on a bunch of different fantasy properties that we have this season, a bunch of stuff that we have yet to announce, but I'm excited for this fantasy year for some new things that we're going to unveil. And obviously, Adam, the fantasy marathon, like we've had every single year doing the draft, I'm, I'm excited to be able to come back and do that. So I think I'm diving all in on, on fantasy and uh, seeing where it lands me. So how does that make you feel to have all these new added responsibilities in this and upcoming seasons for ESPN, Daniel? First off. I work with unbelievable people. Like, I just love the people. Like, Field Yates is is amazing. Mike Clay and Stefania Bell. All the people behind the scenes that everybody that listens to these shows on a daily basis. Like, we just have awesome people to work with. It is not lost on me, Adam, that the one thing that everybody in life wants more of and can never get is time. We never have enough time in our lives. And we are so lucky on a daily basis that people will give us an hour out of their unbelievably busy day where they already don't have enough time and they dedicate it to us to be able to listen to us and allow them to be in their lives. And like, that's the power and how special that is, is just like an unbelievable thing that makes me so excited to be able to, to be on the other side of this, because I just think that's amazing. And that's something I don't want to take for granted. I love that attitude. That's a great way of thinking about it. Before we get to fantasy and this year's sleepers, breakout stars, players to avoid, all the things that people love talking about, and I could talk about that stuff all day. I got my own opinions. Who is Daniel Dopp, and how did he get this spot? (laughs) So, Adam, uh, I'll do the quick version as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, I originally, I'm I'm from Michigan, but uh, when I... Earlier in my life, I joined the Air Force. I spent six years in the Air Force uh, as an intelligence analyst. And I got out of the Air Force in 2012, went to school, and then ended up coming to ESPN as an intern. And I got lucky enough to work with a bunch of really awesome people, SVP and Rosillo and Matthew Berry and Field Yates and a bunch of people here, you included uh, as a part of this, as a producer within digital audio. And as a part of that, Matthew Berry, who at the, worked here at the time, was getting a TV show after I'd worked with Fantasy Focus. And I asked him what he thought about me being able to be a part of it. And he said, that's not an awful idea. So four years to the day after I started as an intern, I was co-hosting my first TV show on ESPN2. And I've been the, the, the producer of Fantasy Focus with Matthew and Fields for the last eight years, going on nine years now. It's just been one of those things where the right doors have opened and I've been put in spots where I've been able to take advantage of it. And, and I love the people that I get to work with and, and keep doing this. So Doors open that I didn't plan on opening, Adam, as often happens in this business. And you just sort of follow through it and see where it takes you. That's always the case. A lot of these careers that people go into are accidentally chosen or chosen for them by accident. Yes. Another way of saying it. When you were in the Air Force, would you ever have had any idea that your future would involve 
being a fantasy expert on TV, on the radio, doing the things that you do now. No way. Are you kidding me, Adam? I used to watch like I, I'm just like everybody else that listened to the show, like, like that watches ESPN that, that grew up like Sports Center is what you always have on in the background. I'm I am the sports fan, just like everyone else. And I just get to live this awesome dream. And when did you think during the course of that process that this was working? Because you don't know that it's going to wind up like this, Daniel. But when did you think that you're going to be the secret squirrel and you're going to start doing this stuff and having the future that you did? I'll tell you what. When I left the Air Force um, and I went to school, I was old. I was I was 29. And one of the things that I realized is that in order to be able to help yourself, you're going to have to have the help of other people. You can be awesome at your job. There are so many people that are really great at what they do, but that doesn't mean that they get the recognition that they deserve or that they move up. Right. And a part of that is being able to have people to help advocate for you. People in the right positions where it's like, hey, Daniel is really awesome at this. And he has this person that wants to advocate for him. And so as I'm talking with people here at ESPN, being able to get to know people here, a lot of it is I want to put myself in a position where I say yes to things, where I can be someone that can help others, where I'm setting not only myself up to do well, but other people realize, hey, Daniel works really hard. And he is, even if he doesn't have an answer, he always goes out and and goes above and beyond. And I think Mm -hmm. as a part of that early on here at ESPN, a lot of like doors started to open because I was trying really hard to have that work ethic and to know that when people put their name on the line for me, it's they're putting their own brand on the line. And so like, I wanted to be able to repay that. That's not something that I, I take lightly. What would you say to the young people who are out there who are listening, the young people playing fancy football? about trying to become the next Daniel Dopp or breaking into this business. I don't know that anybody could be Daniel Dopp. Yo, Adam, please. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I would say that you have to love what you want to do. And there is a lot about this business that I love. Adam, I know that you love it too. But at the same time, it's a grind and it's long hours and there's a lot of work. And you've got to realize that there are a lot of people that want in this. And what is it that you are going to do to be able to to keep working toward it? What is that passion that you have that makes you different? How is it that you bring a different spin to this? What is it that you're going to say differently than everybody else? I always encourage everybody, don't have what ifs in your life. If there's a thing that you want to go for, don't wait until you're, you're 75 years old and you're like, boy, I wonder if I had gone out and done that thing. Go out and do it. Take a shot. You've got one chance. As far as I know, we have one chance on this planet. And I don't want to leave what ifs on the table for me. I want to be able to go out and say, that even if it was a mistake or I, it wasn't the right thing, I don't have anything left on the table. And so for me, that's the way that I, I approach it. That's my sort of mentality. And my last question before we move on to this year's fantasy drafts and fantasy players is, what is your reaction when you hear that Matthew Berry is leaving our company to go to NBC? So here's the thing about working with Matthew that is really hard to put into words uh, or to quantify but he's just the most creative person that I have ever worked with in my professional career. And that's something that I I don't think is going to be replaced. And him and I developed an awesome and incredible and amazing relationship. And I am so stoked for him and the next steps that he has and all the things that he taught me as a mentor. And a lot of the stuff that, you know, he helped me be able to to learn as a producer and as a talent. I got to sit with him for so long. Uh, I'm thrilled for him. I am so stoked. And I just, I hope that he is happy. And I'm really excited for the opportunities that 
with Matthew leaving, obviously, like that leaves stuff here for me at ESPN to be able to take up. And I'm really excited and I want to be excited about what's next for me because I've been waiting for the last five years and I got to learn from this person. And now I can take everything that I've learned from them and put it into action and see how it's going to apply to me and my life and my career. So, you know, it's bittersweet because he's a such super unbelievably creative person. And I love that man, but at the same time, it opens a door for me to keep growing. And I am very excited about that. And what's one takeaway that you learned from the creative Matthew Berry? I would say there's no such thing as too many ideas, bad ideas, people. You've got to learn to not be protective of the way that you look at certain creative things that you're doing, because You come in with an idea and it's really great and you've got to be okay with somebody being able to say, that's great. And what if we did this? Or what if we tweaked it and did this and that worked better? And it can't be so personal. Like that's one area where Matthew, as a person that I think is very funny and creative, he did really well with that with our show staff, where he was always willing to hear from our PAs and our APs and every our show writers about ways to help make the things that he already had better. He was like, Mm -hmm. this is just a baseline. Please, at any time, I am happy to make things better. That's what this is all about. So I love that. Just not being so protective and, and knowing that other people are there to help to bolster you. We're all on the same team working towards the same goal. And everybody's goal right now, Daniel, is to win the fantasy championship. That's right. So if somebody is thinking about crushing their draft and getting the right guys, where do we start this year in terms of building a team, lining up a team, guys were eyeing. It's a very broad, open-ended question, but I want people to start thinking about their fantasy drafts, which are going to be unfolding throughout the month of August. Where are we starting? What are we thinking? Give me the secrets to winning a league. All right. I'm going to start at the top. We'll keep this generic and we can jump in a little bit deeper. Quarterbacks. Adam, there are so many good quarterbacks in the NFL nowadays. There are also so many good quarterbacks in fantasy. You do not need to draft a quarterback early. As enticing as it is to go out and get Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, the value at quarterback late is so good. Do not draft a quarterback early. That is like rule number one for me for fantasy this season. Okay. Before we go into rule number two, give me a couple of late quarterbacks you like. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, like they're all going 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, you can wait really, really late. And you're, the idea that I could get Russell Wilson or Derek Carr in the AFC West, tell me if, if, if you disagree with me here, but my thought is the AFC West is probably going to score the most points of any division Agree. this season. Agree. So if you're telling me that I can get Russell Wilson or Derek Carr quarterback and what's going to be a shootout in that division, and I'm getting them in the 12th, 11th, 12th round as your starting quarterback, that is great value if you are loading up on skill position players elsewhere. So while I might not want to wait that long, if your draft happens to fall that far, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, I have no problem leaving a a 10 to 12 team league with them as my starting quarterbacks. And that's really, really late. Okay. So so we're waiting on quarterbacks. Secret number two to winning your league, Daniel, is I am making sure that I'm leaving my league with a true RB2 and not waiting too late because the running back position gets really thin, I think, pretty early. You look at where we're at. I'm looking right now, running back 15, and I love running back 15, Saquon Barkley, but there are some question marks there, right? Cam Akers at 16, there are question marks there. Ezekiel Elliott at 18. 
Josh Jacobs at 19. It gets really like Josh Jacobs as my RB2. I'm not sure how this offense is going to work out. There are question marks around Zeke and his role. What I love to do and what I have been trying to do is look at finding a way to get a running back, wide receiver, running back, or going running back, running back, because wide receiver is so deep this year. Mm. I could easily grab right now with the way ADP works out. I could get Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and then make sure that I also grab DeAndre Swift or Leonard Fournette on the way back. And those are my two running backs. And the wide receiver is such a deep position. I would rather have those two bell cows than wait and get somebody like an Elijah Mitchell or a J.K. Dobbins or a Josh Jacobs with a lot of question marks around that RB2 position. So you're going running back heavy early or ideally alternating running back wide receiver, running back wide receiver. Yes, I'm, I'm going to do that early, and then my running back is just depth. I'm, I'm riding those two guys the entirety of the season because, Adam, wide receiver is such a deep position. Like, there are 40 wide receivers in, in fantasy this year that I feel like could be started every single week, and, and, and you're not, you can't start 40 wide receivers in, in fantasy. So uh, I think we're at a spot where, because of that, waiting on wide receiver and grabbing some of that late value. I like going running back early to secure those touches. Years I've gone running back early. It's never worked out overly great. Really? Yeah. Usually, usually Uh, now listen in our war room league, 16 team league, very, very, very hard. 16 teams that leagues are very hard. I've never won it. I've had some really good teams too. Never won it. Have you ever thought about just drafting the good players? Maybe do you, Hey, let me tell you something. I've had a couple of years where my team has lit it up. And this is the this is one of the perils of fantasy. Like you could have a great team, get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're crushed. I had a team one year about a decade ago. The running backs are Arian Foster when he came on and was a stud, Peyton Hillis yep. when he had the big year for the Cleveland oh, yeah. Browns. And there was a third running back that I had in my flex spot. And I I was setting points records. And then Michael Smith in round one of the playoffs had Josh Freeman. We picked up off the street to play quarterback for Tampa, had like 30 points and beat me by a couple of points. And then there was one year I was 15 and one or it was 14 and two. I mean, crazy points record. My four wide receivers were like Michael Thomas when he was producing Julian Edelman, who I got coming off the suspension the year he was suspended. But I had four great receivers where you could play four. and. Stefania had a playoff week where every one of her matchups you look at, they're playing teams that have like the Falcons or the Jaguars. And I'm like, Oh my God, I could see where this is. And I lost there. It's just never worked out. Are these, are these fantasy leagues? And I'm just curious, this this is a little off topic, but are they fantasy leagues where you're doing two weeks for a playoff or is it one week per playoffs? It's a three week playoff. It's an opening round second. And so therefore when, when you get to 16 teams and three playoff weeks, I don't care what you tell me, there is an element of luck involved. You have to get hot at the right time. My teams have never gotten hot at the right time. That's on me. Yeah. It just never has happened, right? So, Well, and I hear you, though. Going running back early does potentially can leave you vulnerable. I think this year, and in years past, I've tried going running back early, often have not had the same success. This year, I've already I've done 150 best ball drafts. I've done more than 150 best ball drafts. I, I cannot really? tell you. I have, I have gone all in a lot of the mock drafting that I've done has been mostly best ball. I've done regular mock draft as well. Um, but like, so I, I'm all in on with the way that I've been able to see the rounds play out, being able to grab a second running back and then try to fill in value at wide receiver. But 
to your point, that can potentially leave you leave you vulnerable because wide receiver is a position where wide receivers are on the field far more often and see far more touches throughout the course of a season than a running back does. From that standpoint, there is a little bit of vulnerability. So I don't I don't reach for running backs. If I can't get that second guy that I want, then I'm just waiting. You mentioned you've done 150 best ball drafts so far. Yeah. Which players do you have the largest exposure to on those teams? DeAndre Swift is one of those players. I was able to get him pretty good value when he was more of a mid-second rounder. Um, now he's sort of worked his way up into the early second round, and, and he's even going sometimes late first. Um, so I've been, I've been able to get him a lot. A.J. Dillon is another guy that I've gotten a fair hmm. amount of late. Wow. wow. I like A.J. Dillon uh, late as a running back. Um, Darnell Mooney. Uh, another wide, I have a fair, a uh, good share of Darnell Mooney, and he's a guy that I've been getting as my wide receiver three or flex play, usually more of a flex. But I love the options and what he could potentially be if Justin Fields takes the next step. And what we saw from him last year, especially with Allen Robinson gone, you know, he's a, a a shot. He has a shot, I think, to take that next jump into uh, the next tier of wide receivers. Swift, Dylan, Mooney. Anybody yep. else you're largely exposed to, Daniel? As far as late round people, so when you're doing these best ball drafts, a lot of times I'm targeting the same guys late. Nick Westbrook-Akine, I've I've Ooh. actually had a fair amount of him with the fact that Robert Woods coming back from injury, obviously Traylon Burks and seeing how he you know fares out of, after his first year, but knowing that Derrick Henry also coming back off of injury, and I'm not expecting Derrick Henry to not be 100%, but if anything happens there, uh, I've watched him put up a lot of points. I've watched him be a successful wide receiver and the chance to be able to take a next step in that Titans offense. He's a 20th round pick. He may do nothing for me, but I've watched him put up 20 points before in seasons past when he's filled in. Also, another guy that I really like is Terrace Marshall. Ooh, you like him, huh? Yeah, that number that number three spot there in Carolina. We'll see what happens. You're looking at guys that are second, third year guys, hopefully being able to take that next step yeah. where you want that breakout before they expect it. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at, especially in best ball, like really late in those drafts. Who, who might be that guy? Who are the guys you don't have exposure to? When you look at it and you've continually skipped over a player and you have not drafted a certain guy. I have probably four, four or five of them. Um, one of them is Antonio Gibson. He, he's always sitting there later on. He's just sitting around always, right? always, always. And it's so difficult because you know that JD McKissick is their pass catching guy. We all bought this. Like he might be CMC light last year. And then that was like, couldn't be the far. It's not even close to true. It's so funny how some storylines just get introduced and they become a part of the narrative and they shape fancy football dress and they never materialize at all at all. He was not utilized as a pass catcher until J.D. McKissick got hurt, and that's when things changed. But, like, Ron Rivera and that offense do not want to use him in that way. And then the addition of Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. So you, you look at that, and, and, okay, so now Ron Rivera is saying, hey, we might have Brian Robinson take some of the early down work away from Antonio Gibson because we like him between the tackles. So if you're taking away the early down work, potentially, and J.D. McKissick is the pass catcher, What's the role to Antonio Gibson's ceiling, like the upside for what he is? Because where you're drafting him as RB22, I just feel like he, his role just keeps getting smaller and smaller. And I want somebody whose role potentially can expand. Feels like it's the opposite with him. Who else have you skipped? I got Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders basically told me to skip him. <laughs> you, but, but by the way, that's another <laughs> one of those narratives. I know he said it, 
but I'm reading the transcripts the other day and they're talking about how explosive he looks. He looks faster than ever. He's going to be on a good offense. They like to run the football. I actually Super think Miles Sanders is going to be a little bit better than people realize. There are a lot of guys, but I think he's going to be a little bit of a sneaky value later. Oh, well, see, I hope that's the case, right? Because he is the lead back in a run-heavy offense, like you said. And any other lead back in a run-heavy offense is somebody that we would value, but we have not seen it from Miles Sanders yet. So if this is the year, Adam, like, you might be right. I had him last year, too. I had him last year, and there are a couple things about that. I'm usually one year ahead of the curve. You want to take my rosters and then draft that (laughs) roster the next year. That's number one. And number two, Miles Sanders, I believe, didn't score a touchdown last year. There's zero chance that we're going to have a second straight year of Miles Sanders not scoring any touchdowns. I'll bet you he scores multiple touchdowns. A lot. I agree. Six touchdowns, seven touchdowns this year. Yeah. I I think that touchdown aggression has to happen. There is just this fear for me when I'm looking at the running backs around where he's being drafted. I would rather take one of those other guys because of the historical fantasy, you know, seasons that he's had. I want the, I I totally believe you. Maybe the offense changes and we see more of what that Miles Sanders type players can be. Another guy that I do not like this year, Mari Cooper. I am not drafting Amari Cooper as often as I would have in the past for a couple of reasons. Coming from a Dak Prescott-led offense now, obviously, uh, in Cleveland. He's going to get Jacoby Brissett right now for what seems like six weeks, and then we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. But there is so much uncertainty around that quarterback spot in what is a run-heavy team that Amari Cooper, with where I'm, I'm drafting him, I just feel like I would rather take a wide receiver that potentially has more upside or more a better quarterback position and less uncertainty going into the season than I would with him. Mike Clay said this the other day on the podcast. Amari Cooper has always been a top 30 fantasy wide receiver, and he has never once been a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. And I don't think that's going to change this year. Like he's, he just sort of sits in the middle range there. And there's a real chance he's going to be playing with Jacoby Brissett all year long. All year long. And if I knew that that wasn't the case, then I would maybe think about Amari Cooper more. But if you tell me that uh, he's going from Dak Prescott to Jacoby Brissett, that's a really big downgrade in that run-heavy Cleveland Browns offense to me. I actually have done some best ball drafts, Daniel. I have no Antonio Gibson. I have no Miles Sanders, despite what I said. I would have taken him a couple of times, but he got sniped right in front of me. Sure. I have no Amari Cooper. Wow. I have none of those guys. All right. I like it. Is there anybody else that you don't have? Because I have one other name on this list, but I'm curious if there's anyone else that you have that you're avoiding this year. I have no Derrick Henry. Okay. That's probably more because you don't – is that more because you didn't get that pick spot where you could get him or you just haven't liked where he's you know, been going? It, 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 it's, a, it's a function of he's an unbelievable player who's going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's yep. going very high. And in the group of players that of where he's going, I'd rather draft – other players. Sure. There. That that that's all. It's, he's unbelievable. I, I don't love big backs coming off injuries in offenses where the team doesn't seem overly thrilled with the quarterback and there's some questions and they've been a team that's achieved an awful lot. So I, I just haven't drafted him. Love the player, respect the player, just haven't drafted him. Do you think they've overachieved with the way that they've run their offense, the Titans, or do you think that they've properly achieved? I like think it, they've over. I think they've over. They're just like a tough, tough, hard nosed football team. They grind it out, yeah, right? Like I, I agree that that can only last for so long. I feel like in today's offense, and from a, I like Derrick Henry, but I hear you. I get that. 
Do you have Henry exposure in 150 rosters? I have, uh, I actually, Derek Henry and DeAndre Swift, I have the same amount of exposure on right now. Wow. wow. But mind you though, I've done 150 drafts. So like I've tried to diversify with, especially within best ball. I've tried to diversify a fair amount at the top um, from that standpoint. When we talk fantasy, I think people always love that term sleeper. Who's sleeper? And I think that that's probably a little bit overused, but I think who are guys this year that are going to win you your league the way that Cooper Cup did for people last year when he went in the third or fourth round, the way that last year Jamar Chase did when he went in round, I'm going to guess, four or five. There are certain guys that are league winners, right? Not sleepers, league winners. Who are your league winners this year? So there's a couple of them. And one of them is Mike Evans. Woo! Right now, taking Mike Evans in the sixth, and I have I have not been a huge Mike Evans fan uh, through a lot of his early career, in part because he was not getting nearly enough volume. He was a guy that they would use to stretch the field. We even saw it last year, like where they used him to stretch the field. But we've watched Mike Evans have big games. We have watched him be explosive in this offense, and with Justin Herbert taking another step, hopefully more consistency coming from Mike Evans. And Keenan Allen, now another year older, while Keenan Allen is still going to be amazing, building on what Mike Williams did last year, I'm really excited to be able to see what he can do in that fourth to fifth round range. Again, in an AFC West offense, it's going to score a lot of points. Okay, give me another league winner. Mike Evans is one. Mike Evans is one. Another wide receiver that I like, and, and unfortunately, this I've liked this player, but I like them more now with the recent news that just happened. Jerry Judy with the injury to Tim Patrick. I've loved Tim Patrick. I got to be honest. I have a lot of best ball drafts that have Tim Patrick where it's just going to be a zero now. And I was, I was in on Tim Patrick this year in those three wide receiver sets and being able he might even been the guy, you know, you know, who else loved Tim Patrick. Who? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson loved Tim Patrick. Yep. And so now I think that leaves, that leaves a spot like Cortland Sutton is going to get his own. Right. And we know what those running backs are going to be. But I don't know if I have enough uh, enough trust yet in KJ Hamler to feel like he's going to pick up the Tim Patrick volume from that standpoint. And while Alberto Koibinam and Greg Dulcich um, are, are two tight ends that can probably be serviceable for them this year, I just think that this, unfortunately, this injury really puts Jerry Judy into a spot where not only can he is he going to have the volume, but you know this is that time as a rookie and an age where he's been in the NFL where like a breakout is he's ready for a breakout and he doesn't have Drew Locke under center anymore mm. he's got Russell freaking Wilson so another guy that i think right now his adp is he's going 63rd overall you're talking about a 7th round pick and i think for what he could potentially be i think that's really great value for Jerry Judy this year any other league winners across the board, mid rounds, late rounds that stand out to you as a guy or guys that you'd like to have? Don't, we don't have to limit this to two or three, Daniel. I want to win my league. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Dalton Schultz at tight end. So tight end, I feel very strongly about two. Um, tight end, there is a clear, the top of the board is really strong. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts. I think for me, it sort of stopped after Kyle Pitts a little bit. You don't include um, Darren Waller in there? Not with the addition of Devontae Adams and with the steps forward that Hunter Renfro took last year. I do. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. So, so he's, is he the last of that tier? Yeah. Is, is, are there yeah, four people is. in that tier for you? Okay. He is. Um, and I, I could very well be wrong, 
right now where he's going fifth round um, in ESPN leagues, I, I don't mind him there, but some of the wide receivers that I can get in that range, right. I like a little bit more, especially yeah. when I can get Dalton Schultz in the seventh round or right. TJ Hawkinson in the eighth or ninth. And so for, but more importantly, Dalton Schultz is a guy that I really like this year, again, because of opportunity. Um, you look at how James Washington just got hurt. He was likely going to play a big role with Jalen Tolbert while Michael Gallup was recovering. CeeDee Lamb is huge in that offense right now. He's the only wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys offense that has caught a touchdown in an NFL game right now. So when you look at what Dalton Schultz from a pass catching perspective can be, especially for this Cowboys offense early on and what he did last year, I really like the idea of making sure that he's, he's one, probably one of the last him or TJ Hawkinson, the last tight ends that I want to grab. Um, I would, I want to make sure I get one of those top six or seven guys. And I think Dalton Schultz is really in a spot where he can keep doing what he did last year, 70 to 80 plus catches and eight to 900 yards upwards of, you know, five to eight touchdowns. And if I get that for my tight end on a weekly basis, double digit fantasy points, I'm thrilled with 10 fantasy points consistently from that tight end position. Any other, anyone else there, Daniel? I don't think so. I, I mean, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people, but we got, listen, Adam, you got to tune into the fantasy focus football podcast. If you want more. And where, and where do we find it? Fantasy focus football podcast, five days a week, me, Field Yates, Mike Clay, Stefania Bell. We are, are with you wherever you find your audio podcast, wherever you're listening to Adam right now, you can also find us. We are also live streamed on YouTube, uh, on Twitter, on the ESPN app, on ESPNFantasy.com, on ESPN Fantasy Facebook. You can watch us live on any of those places at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday for the rest of the season. You know, it's funny. When I would do this podcast almost annually with Matthew, right? Yep. Yep. I would not tell him my league winners because I did not want to give him any insight. Like <laughs> last year, I would not say to him in advance, as I really believe Elijah Mitchell is a league winner this year, Matthew, right? When yep. Alvin Kamara, the saints love that guy. I have friends that come up to me because I told everyone all summer, my friends take Alvin Kamara, take Alvin Kamara. My friends tell me, and they took this running back in the 17th round turns out to be Alvin Kamara. So I'm always, I'm always very reticent about sharing too much because I, until I win that war only championship, mm -hmm. I'm keeping some of the information to myself. <laughs> I don't Selfishly. think there's anything wrong with that. That's okay. That's, the goal is to win the game, Adam. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do our best to win the game. We're going to do That's our best right, to man. win the game. That's the way it kind of goes. Well, Absolutely. I congratulate you on your deserved and worthy ascension from the Air Force to joining ESPN to helping everybody out to being my producer. Was that the worst job you ever had at ESPN? Absolutely not. Absolutely, yes. No, Adam, I, listen, I and I um, tell me if you don't want any of this out there, but like you and I, I went on the road with you a couple of times. Like we've, we have done a bunch of stuff and I loved every minute being able to spend with you. It was unbelievable being able to, again, uh, I, other than you ordering your coffee extra hot, which I think is sort of like you like it extra hot. Like it's, coffee's not hot enough as it is. It's got to be extra hot. But no, man, I, I've loved it. I loved working with you as a producer. I've loved being able to do all the stuff that I've been able to do uh, as a producer here at this company. It's taught me so much. Yeah, I remember, I remember you coming to the owners meetings and being in the room where we would bring in coaches and GMs, right? Gosh. And I, I feel like meeting, like meeting coaches, meeting GMs, I felt so out of place there. And, but, I'll, I, this is a story that I'm going to, I always remember 
we interviewed Sean McVeigh at the owners meetings, came into the, came into your hotel room. We sat down, we had a conversation the next day. You introduced me real quick. Uh, but you know, I was just recording there. I'm not a, I'm not a thing. Next day, Sean sees me without you. Just, I'm just walking by myself and he's like, Hey Daniel, how you doing today? And it's just like, Sean McVeigh doesn't know who I am. He met me for 30 seconds the day before. But the fact that he remembered my name, he took time out of when there's billionaires around to be like, hey, what's going on? Things like that. It's just stuff like I, I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that memory. And it happened because I got to go to the owner's meetings with you. So, man, it was certainly certainly not the worst of, of podcasts to be able to work on, I promise. That's awesome. But I got one more name for you, though. Do you mind? I got oh, one more no. name. Let's go. All right. I got one more name. It's a big name. Okay. But this week, I'm all in on Tyrell Hatton. My PGA guy, Adam, Tyrell Hatton. Okay, now you now we're talking. You want to hear this one? Did did Kyle Sapi tell you to say that? He did tell me okay. to say that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know the story there? I can tell this now. Please tell me the story. So it's come out, of course, that I love, love, love fantasy golf. Yep. And so last year, the guys at Roto World, the golf writers, they asked me to come aboard. So I wanted Kyle Soppy to come along to just kind of help smooth the auction draft. Yep. Cause I'm not very technologically swift. So sure. we did it together and we did the auction draft and it's been running a few months, the league. And so it's me and Kyle against Rotor world. Now I went into that draft. I told Kyle, the one guy I wanted was Cam Smith. And the one guy he wanted was Jason Kokrak. We got outbid on Smith. We got Kokrak, unfortunately. And uh-huh. When we lost that on Smith, we went ahead and purchased Matthew Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Will Zalatoris, Russell Henley. Pretty good. Long story short, up until last week, up until last week, we were in first place in the no Roto way. World Golf Experts Pool. Up by 2 million points. 2 million. We had a sizable lead. The second place team, which has had Scotty Scheffler, also had Tony Finau. Tony Fina won the last two tournaments. They've overtaken us. They're now going into this, going into the golf match that just unfolded this weekend. And we're taping this on Thursday. They had a 1.2 million lead on us. Uh We'll see how how this goes. Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler may sink us, but we are trying to rally and we are trying to rally behind the strength of Terrell Hatton and others. And this is what I love about you, Adam, because you're like, honestly, we like, we're the same person. We're different people, but we're the same person. You're just like everyone else. You love sports uh, with this passion and you love doing all these things just the way that we do, just like we love talking about it. That's why I love talking with you and with Kyle and all these things. It's, I could talk about fantasy sports all day long, man. I could watch every golf shot that every one of my golfers hit and have no issue with that. That's how deranged <laughs> I am. That's okay? so good. I, love, I love that stuff, Daniel. And I love fantasy football and I love fantasy basketball. And you know, in fantasy basketball, do you realize again? If oh, I yeah. Can... Okay. Who won our league this year? Well, it wasn't me. That's the only thing that matters to me is it wasn't me. I won. I won the league. And do you realize? I'm going to say this now. I set a record. I did not lose a single week the final 17 weeks of the season. My last 17? loss was Thanksgiving. Won 17 straight weeks, Daniel. Oh, even through the playoffs even and everything. Playoffs, onto the championship. Oh, my gosh. Do you know how hard that is to do in basketball? 17 straight weeks of wins? Seriously. So, you, so you've won, you won the, the War Room NBA League here twice. at twice. ESPN. 
twice, two in four years. Was in the oh. finals another year and lost in the last minute when LeBron James missed a field goal attempt. Andy Marlette beat me by .01 in field goal percentage. Oh, I love it. Oh, oh that I was love that. And De'Aaron Fox also missed a shot on my team, and he had traded me De'Aaron Fox midseason. And I said De'Aaron Fox was a double agent that screwed me in the end and gave Eddie the championship. Oh, my gosh. And, I, and let me say this. I live and die with this stuff, Daniel. Yes. It's so important to me. It yeah. means, as I said, everybody, it means nothing and it means everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally That's fantasy. That is yes. the essence of fantasy. It means nothing and it means everything. And this is what's so great about it, right? We can come from two different places. I can, whether I know you or not know you or are fans of the same team, fantasy sports is this thing that everybody can just come together and talk about and find this common ground on. And it's so passionate. And, and people are so into this sport. I just love it. I love being able to work in fantasy. Like, it's so much fun. It really is. And that's why we had some fun today. And that's why August is such a great month, because I'm going to get my draft slots in two different draft pools, one the World League, one another league. And let's see where I'm drafting. And then we start plotting and figuring out ways to try to scratch and claw to have as successful a fantasy year as we can. And that will include listening the Fantasy Football Focus podcast. Heck yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you so much to our guest today, Daniel Dopp. And as a reminder, ESPN fantasy football experts, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp provide daily strategy previews, injury reports, and debates around news and notes of the day with fantasy-focused football available wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're not listening to podcasts, there are some other entertaining options going on. One was watching the Hall of Fame induction speeches this past weekend. We knew that Leroy Butler, the guest on last week's podcast, would crush it, and he did, in a speech that he had been working on with his mother for over a dozen years. But really, to me, the most emotional speech of the weekend, by far, was the 49ers Hall of Fame defensive lineman, Bryant Young, recalling his son, Bryant Kobe Young, who passed away of pediatric cancer at age 15 on October 11th, 2016, when Brian Young stood on the stage and said, Kobe, you live on in our hearts. We will always speak your name. It was hard not to have a lot of thoughts running through your mind and to get emotional at his recollection of his son and the value of human life and what a great job he did delivering a speech, such an emotional speech that many people would have struggled to get through. Brian Young was a Hall of Famer on the field, and you could tell by the way that he carries himself now, he is a Hall of Fame person in every aspect of the word. As for some other entertainment options, stream the movie this weekend that I would highly recommend to anybody out there looking for a little bit of an intense, captivating drama. 13 Lives which the Academy Award-winning director Ron Howard put out. It's streaming on Prime Video after a short run in the theaters. And man, oh man, 
was that intense. Was watching with my family on Saturday night, and it was the most intense thing I had seen on TV streaming since Your Honor, which we recommended on this podcast as well. The series that starred Brian Cranston as a judge in New Orleans. And that was incredible. And that was intense to the point where there were moments where you wanted to stop it because you couldn't take it anymore. And this film, 13 Lives, was the same kind of film. It was based on the true story of the global effort to rescue the Thai soccer team that was trapped in a cave in Thailand in 2018. A bunch of international divers joined Thai forces to try to rescue the 12 boys and their coach who were trapped inside the cave while everybody in the world paid attention. And to see that story unfold, all I could say is if you get a free two and a half hours and you want to be interested, watch 13 Lives. It was outstanding. And then this week, speaking of entertainment, Hard Knocks debuts Tuesday night. And I don't know what's going to be on there, but I will predict right now that in the opening episode, the highlight of the first one, my prediction without knowing anything, will be Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick, performing Michael Jackson's song, Billie Jean, on the Rookie Talent Night, singing to all the veterans. There was some chatter about it on social media a couple of weeks back. It seemed like Aiden Hutchinson brought down the house. And I can't believe that HBO is going to have access to this great footage of Aiden Hutchinson imitating Michael Jackson and then not use it on hard knocks. So we will be looking for that on Tuesday night and all the episodes going forward. All right. I want to thank Daniel Dopp one more time for his time and his thoughts on the upcoming fantasy football season. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott for making this podcast possible. I want to thank you, the listener for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll be back in this spot with more interviews, insight, information, and fantasy football analysis because it's that time of the year. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe.